the following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Live from the RTDS studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. That's me. Happy Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Wow, it's Tuesday. And if you're listening now, you're not watching the Leafs game right now. Yeah, bad you. Well, you know, I think I think you're if you're listening to me right now, it's actually better for you because uh, they're playing the Predators tonight and it's just going to be a gong show. Sorry, the first place Predators. Well, wait a second. Didn't uh, Ottawa decimate them the other night? The Predators? Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're also looking at they're going to be at home and they're going to be mad. And the Leafs have lost nine straight, so make it ten. Okay. Make, make it, it ten. ten. Yeah. And we'll see what Ozzy says. Well, Ozzy's going to chime in. We're going to talk about Brendan Shanahan and the difficult decisions facing him right now as he blows up Leafs Nation saying that they're not going to make the playoffs this year. Again, for the umpteenth time in a non-shortened NHL strike season. Wait a second. Has he said this yet, or is this is what he's thinking? Well, stay tuned. You'll find out. Okay. You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. We're going to get Ozzy on the phone and pick his brain. On Listen Up Talk Radio. Hi, it's Paul Cavalcante, host of The Vinyl Experience, with a couple of magic numbers for you to remember. This is real simple. Are you ready? Here we go. Nine and three. Every Sunday at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., 9 p.m., and for good measure, 3 a.m. on Monday. This is all Eastern Time. Your times for The Vinyl Experience. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. 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 Mojo! Yeah, we stole that. Now, back to the show. I kept you on a string there when we went to commercial. What's that? Well, intrigue. Getting ready to figure out what's going on. Well, you know, it's it's not a big it's not a big. <laughs> I want to go down this road again. It's it's not big news to know that we're on a nine game losing streak with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, they they got a point uh, in, in New Jersey last week. They got beat down at home by the Coyotes. They lost an ale against the Flyers, where they outshot them one nothing. Um, you know, and now looking forward to this, they're you know playing Nashville tonight in Nashville, first place team, and so. You know, I'm just not going to be uh, an idiot on this one and just say, hey, listen, all points to loss tonight. I don't know. The Preds got beat up by Ottawa, so they could be, could be, you know. Again, but they're and now they got to go over to play the Devils, um, you know, after they play Nashville before they're home again, you know, uh, to play the Oilers on Saturday. So you're really looking for right now is the, you might have a homecoming against the Oilers only to play New York Rangers on Tuesday next week. So you're really looking right now. And uh, we're going to bring Mark Osborne in and pick his brain because what I want to talk about today is obviously with this nine-game slide, they've taken themselves out of a playoff contention spot, and now you're looking for the future. So, Mark, are you there? 
I'm here, boys, and, and, you know, I've heard your banter back and forth, and I, I think uh, I'm going to choose to take a positive spin this week. All uh, right, we like that. That, that the Maple Leafs' uh, chances of getting Connor McDavid are greater than making the playoffs <laughs> this year. How about that? <laughs> That's a great positive negative spin, Ozzy. I love that. Were yeah. you thinking about that in the offseason? <laughs> well, no, you know, and, it, and it's just, uh, it's almost beyond comprehension, guys, that uh, for, for this team to make the well let's put it this way the, the January that was yeah. uh, was, was just uh, I mean even the Buffalo Sabres I mean you, you're in you're in Sabre territory then and, and the Sabres have lost 14 in a row and yeah. with their you know the Leafs inability to score this past month I mean you go back to 1929 the last time it was this anemic and would have never in a, in a million years guessed that this team was capable of uh, of you know their offense coming to a complete halt and and now in in some ways though at the end of the day I think what some of the positives are and and I know many Leaf fans may not want to hear it but the reality is that this could all be a blessing in disguise because you know one of the things or one of the challenges I think been for this organization is and I don't know if it's possible but but I think it's more doable to to at least decide to sell off some of your assets of your core group that you've tied up in uh, over the course of these last four years because at the end of the day I, I don't think that this group is capable of going beyond just getting into the playoffs like if you want to you know try to build a Stanley Cup contending team I don't think you can do it unless you find a better form of leadership that this group is really lacking at present Okay, so let's start with that, because you and I were at the press conference when Brendan Shanahan came out, talked to the media, said on January the 9th, you know, we're going to see right now what our team is made out of after they release Carlisle. So Horacek comes in, they've scored dismal amounts, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head that it's the worst January in franchise history, Todd. Yeah. In 80 years, and the a team that can score a lot of goals that's going to give up you know uh, the defensive back end, so you're gonna win your games five to three, six to four, games like that. And now you've got shut out four times in the month, and their offense is completely backshafted. So, right now, my question to you is: with Horacek's system right now, is he not adapting the system to have more defensive uh, awareness, which is costing them chances up front, Ozzy? But what is yeah. the standpoint? Well, you know what? Right I, now? I see a couple of things. Uh, Chuck and and I know you're coming off your 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 team your your team your your boyhood team the Flyers in which uh, <laughs> you know it wasn't a, a Picasso to write home about it I thought the Leafs actually played very well defensively kept Horchuk and Giroux in check uh, shut down the number two power play team at home which was clipping at 28 percent I mean they they've got some good offensive players you throw you know Braden Shen in there. Uh, Wayne Simmons. It's uh, there's a lot to like about the Flyers uh, offensively, and and I felt that the Leafs, you know, stuck to their game plan really well. Uh, you know, Rhymes didn't have a lot of, uh, of pucks that he had to face, and certainly didn't have to make a lot of difficult saves. But at the same time, you know, in in playing this defensive type of game, or at least being a, a little bit more buying into that, you've now. Uh, you know, cause this particular group to almost play in such a way that their their natural offensive instincts is is has become uh, paralyzed for whatever reason. It's 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 really odd, and I think it's uh, it just is showing the uh, 
this group being such a fragile group, lacking confidence. And they're playing out on the perimeter. And, yeah, they, they've generated some scoring chances, but you could just see collectively on how much they are pressing. And, uh, and it, again, it just further shows the lack there of, of, of somebody taking the bull by the horns and saying, you know what, enough isn't enough, and we're going to come out, we're going to put our work boots on, and we're going to find a way to grind a game, get to the dirty areas. I mean, David Clarkson, like, get to the front of the net. I don't know, drop your gloves, do something as far as showing some kind of an ambition. Uh, and yet uh, I think these are the things that we've seen uh, with a group that is just really doubting and questioning themselves. So that, that is a, a very unenviable position to be in mentally as a hockey player. And certainly I think it's even more compounded uh, playing for the Maple Leafs in this city with what uh, we've been experiencing for over a month now. So let me ask you, is it a good thing right now <clears throat> that the Leafs tank in January versus typically they wait till March, March. to do it? Uh, so now you know right now that they're out of playoff spots and the chances of getting there are extremely, extremely silly. It ain't happening. Why don't we just say yeah, it ain't happening? It ain't happening. <laughs> it ain't happening that they've already given. <laughs> so is this a good thing right now for Brendan Shanahan to say, hey, listen, rather than disappointing at the end, now this is actually giving you some time to say, hey, like you said, you have some assets that you can move. You can make some you know, core changes in the leadership group, in the dressing room. Let's look right now yeah. for September, October of next year and become sellers at the trade deadline yeah. and move some pieces of and get some leadership inside is that a good thing that they actually tanked right now well you know what i, I think time is on their side as far as uh, what you just you know uh, said about brennan chanhan I, I think one of the things that perhaps uh, is is very challenging for this particular management team is just their lack thereof of experience i mean not saying that these aren't capable hockey people but again, with Dave Nonis for, I mean, let, let's face it, we would be shocked if Dave Nonis is, is part of the future of this organization. And so you've got a, a general manager, I think, whose time uh, is, is, is very short. Is he the one actually uh, got his hand on the pulse as far as what the, the direction of this organization wants to go? And now it's a consensus. And, you know, Brendan Shanahan obviously has some incredibly difficult decisions. And, and I'm sure he's... Him and the rest of them are trying all sorts of different things, fielding all kinds of calls. And, and let's face it, the decisions that they do make are, are going to be very impactful on the future of this organization. You, you still, and I think, because of the money situation that they have, is that they have to uh, make a decision on Bernier. Of course, they're going to sign Bernier, but maybe it's a blessing that he hasn't done as well, and, and maybe his value as far as what he gets to you know, you end up signing him too, so that could be possibly a positive. But then, you know, you've got Cody Franson, who, you know, does he want to come back? I mean, if things continue to go south and they've just started negotiations, I mean, Cody Franson at just over four million of what they've offered. I mean, he could he could knock it out of the ballpark this summer. So you're looking to increase him. So do you keep him? What about your foot soldiers that are UFA? Santorelli, Daniel Winnick. I mean. And, and then, of course, the most obvious is, you know, if you decide to do what I think they're eventually going to do with Dion Phaneuf, it's, it's like, what is the value on Dion Phaneuf? Like, who's going to take his place in playing those kind of minutes? Because you're basically going to rid yourself of the contract, and then you're going to have another uh, scenario where you need to replace a guy like Dion Phaneuf. So there's lots of 
challenging things I think this group is facing right now. But uh, but it's very intriguing to say the least. And um, you know, let's let's stay tuned to see what direction. Uh, in, in fact. Uh, a rookie president decides to take this organization. Now, with Shanahan having to take his hands, put it on the pulse, find out what the um, what the value of his market is right now. Yeah. Having a dead, a lame duck GM like known as going out right now, I think we can all be fairly certain that that's going to happen down the way. Is Shanahan right now making the decisions as opposed to having Dave Nonis be inside of that? Uh, is he actually using Nonis right now? Well, as, I think I, I think it's all of the above. Uh, I think. Obviously, it, it might be a very good relationship, and maybe we're painting it in such a way that uh, it, it doesn't appear as though it's a very positive or a dysfunctional thing. I mean, the optics for me, and I'm only saying me, you know, I just, they, they've chosen to obviously, you know, view games in different different locations. I mean, you never see Brendan, you know, sitting beside Dave and, and, and talking much like you would, say, a Cam Neely and a Peter Shirelli, right? Yeah. Like, there's just that aspect of it. So at the end of the day, it is Brendan's decision. And when he wants input from the guys in which he's brought in, whether it's Dubas, Mark Hunter, uh, Brendan Printham, uh, you know, now, um, you know, any of the decision makers there, I mean, it, it, they're, they're basically ruling by consensus. And so I, I'm sure that uh, they're talking all the time and, and, you know, who's fielding those calls? That, that's the interesting part for me is that um, I, I'm sure Dave Nonis is calling and, and receiving calls from general managers, but, you know, who's calling Brendan? You know, who's, what about some of the agents and who are the agents speaking to in that organization? And, and, and for that matter, except for just a financial um, consideration for a particular client, like why would you want to suggest or direct uh, one of your clients to come to Toronto at this point unless you see that, wow, Morgan Riley, Bernier, Nylander, you know what I'm saying, that there, there is something, I think, that you can build with, with, with a young group. I, I'd be more interested in that with, with their present core as they have right now. Yeah, that's a solid point. <clears throat> Todd? I'm uh, I'm at a loss here. I'm 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 really at a loss for this because uh, I don't know. I'd like to see Dion either step it up or be shipped off, but we won't know till later this year. I'm sure. Yeah, you know what? I I, I really do think that uh, it's just a matter of time before Dion is is out of town here. I mean, when when you start to read articles about that or hear so much talk about it, and we're all part of it, is that uh, it's not good for the player. Uh, I think there's already been reported discussions amongst teams for Dion. I think you're almost going to do Dion a favor by yeah. allowing him to to move on to another organization. Like, and this is not all on Dion. And I've said this about Phil Kessel as well. Is that I think for the both of them have been put into situations where perhaps too much has been expected of them. You know, Phil doesn't have it in his nature to. Um, you know, be that guy with the media or be a superstar in this market. He'll score you goals, but he's, he's not part of your, uh, like, he's a building block for your organization, but now you've made him a part of your pillar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And same thing with Dion is, like, you slap the C on him. And, uh, you know, in all fairness to, to who he is, I don't, I don't know Dion. I, I just observe and watch. And, and some of the things that I'm outwardly, uh, surprised or critical is that I don't feel that Dion stepped up to the plate and led this team uh, the way in which I think you really need to when you're wearing the C in this organization. So, 
I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It's, it's nothing personal. It's, it's just what the consensus is uh, around the National Hockey League. You won't find too many people that disagree with you in this room, but we're going to take a short break. Stay tuned. More Chuck's World right around the corner. Out of this world, out of this mind. Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind, on radio that doesn't suck. I tell you, some of the best conversations happen during the breaks. Yeah, because we can't talk about that on the air. It's all the off-the-record stuff. Why can't we talk about it on the air? You know, some of your silliness about Mike Richards snubbing going to the White House, for goodness sake. (laughs) Oz, that's supposed to be an inside conversation. (laughs) Now you're outing me. No, you know what? Come on. Everybody needs to hear what goes on, you know? It's... Okay, so okay, if you want to bring it up, we'll get we'll bring it up. Okay, so Mike Richards gets passed on by thirty NHL teams at five million dollars in the cap, and I know he could come to the Leafs, fill in a vital role up the middle, have an impact, have an impact right away. The Leafs are up against the, the cap; they could make it work. They'd have to make you know they'd have to juggle, but you can't tell me that uh, a guy who's won two Stanley Cups, who's still in his twenties. Uh, he's got a few issues. You put somebody in this corner, he can bring an impact to a team right now that sorely needs offense. Uh, okay. Uh, you really think that Mike Richards would, you know, be your answer? Like, here, here's the thing for Mike Richards that, that I think makes sense for the Maple Leafs to acquire Mike Richards. Like, I mean, if it's part of the Dion Phaneuf thing. I mean, I think this is the cat-and-mouse game that's going on, that Leafs are one of the interested parties um, in Mike Richards because, you know, I, I mean, and, and vice versa, the, the L.A. Kings, because of the Voinov situation, are very interested in um, acquiring Dion Phaneuf, right? Okay, so it, it, it's a cash exchange, but I think the Leafs are also saying, listen, nobody else wants Mike Richards. Like, we've got other teams that are interested in Dion Phaneuf. You have to sweeten the pot. That's why um, Dave Nonis was in Worcester there last week watching – no, who cares about watching Mike Richards? He's watching some of the other possibilities as far as, you know, some of their upcoming, you know, talent and players that they might have there, right? I mean, isn't that why, uh, um, you know, Dave Nonis ended up going? So what Mike Richards could bring to your mix as far as, um, you know, leadership, no no question about it. They, they need somebody that's won, that's provide leadership, that's been on Team Canada, that's uh, so that that's the part of it that intrigues me the most for a group that's in, you know, dire need of leadership. I think Mike Richards is going to provide that leadership for you. And by the way, he's only played one game um, down in Manchester. Uh, he had two penalty minutes and two shots on goal. So, how about wow. that? Well, you bring up the the issue about leadership. So, he's free to clear waivers. Yep. Thirty teams pass on him. Yep. So to me. He didn't go to the White House. 
Um, and we talked about that off air that it could be a humiliation thing yeah, for him to go. Why would you want to go to the White House? Okay, He's so been there we're and not going to talk about that. He's what been I want, there and done it. He yes, doesn't need to go to the White House really, again. It's a really big deal for anyone to go to the White House at any one given time. He's got to go through the snow for oh, Manchester to get to I know. Boston. Times is hard. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But here's the thing: is to me, Oz. Is it an off-ice issue or is it an on-ice issue that 30 teams pass on Mike Richards? Uh, it's a contractual issue. I mean, at, at 32 years of age with another uh, five or six years with that cap hit again, that, that's an issue with the cap not going up. Like, like if, if Mike Richards on the Los Angeles Kings now is playing behind Kopitar and uh, Jeff Carter, for sure, and and now you throw Jared Stoll, who actually skates better than Mike Richards, then Mike Richards as your fourth-line center, as much as they talked about the strength up the middle for L.A. last year, it's just they're up against the cap as well. Like it, It's just they're getting only about a $900,000 savings by sending Mike Richards to uh, Manchester, the American Hockey League, but at the same time, I, I think they're trying to financially make it work so that they're not on the hook for five and a half million or whatever it is, but perhaps they'll retain some of Mike Richards' salary, even just to save a few million dollars. I mean, that's how tight things are for some teams when you've won already, and you've got to pay the Kopitars, the Carters, the Dowdies. I mean, goodness gracious, what do you think is going to happen when Tyler Toffoli or Tanner Pearson come up after their entry level? Like, it's dollars and cents. That's that's what's happened at the end of the day for a guy like Mike Richards, who is still a good player, but is not performing at the level of what he's being paid. That's pure and simple. We have a few of those, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we that, do. that's half the, that, that's, Ozzie, that's half the team on the team. Like, is making less than Mike Richards. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're well, getting thirty goals. <laughs> yeah. Like like what more do you want it what more do you want me to argue about with you when it comes down to like, you know, should we should we then say, Okay, well let's look at Mike Richards' statistics, for yeah. instance. You know what I'm saying? Like you, that's that, unfortunately that's what it comes down to. And uh, then you want to talk, talk but that's about that's not a fair assessment. That's not a well, fair what assessment. About, because what about what about David Clarkson? Like well, what are we getting for David Clarkson? Like he's got ten goals now, and are you okay with ten goals and playing third line and getting paid over five million dollars? Like Bolin was. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and don't get me wrong. There's there's that situation which you can't control. The guy's making five mil, but he's not. You know, paying up to that. Dion Phillips the same way. You can't tell me he's making eight million dollars and he's earning that. It's just it doesn't By make way, sense. By the way, Mike Richards, forty-seven games with the Los Angeles Kings, five goals, ten assists. But yeah, but Ozzy, you bring him to Toronto and you give him second-line minutes or third-line minutes, like and he's out of the spotlight. And he's out of the spotlight, and he has a new direction of where he goes. Like you've been traded before in your NHL yeah. career. You know, yeah. when you go to a new place, you need new scenery. Yeah, yeah. You need new line well, mates. But that's what that, that's what you're banking on for sure. So I, I'm saying I would take Mike Richards here in Toronto. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just giving you the reasons of why L.A. did it. And you're suggesting to me, is it on ice or is it off ice? I think it's off ice. You know, get past your Philadelphia days, for goodness sakes, when it comes to talking <laughs> Mike Richards. Tiger doesn't change his spots. Or a leopard. <laughs> no. a leopard doesn't change his spots. Yeah. So, okay, so with the, uh, with the issue of leadership moving forward. So... Right now, they've lost, well, tonight they'll lose 10 straight. So you've got the upcoming games coming up against the Oilers on Saturday at home. Uh, then you've got the New York Rangers on Tuesday next week right now. So what do you see right now as far as what Shanahan's going to do in the, in the short term 
uh, you know, are they are they looking to end this lo- losing streak right now, or are they actually fiddling around right now to try and find a fit and taking suitors for trades before trade deadline shows up? What's going on right now? Well, one, one thing I think is that Brendan Shannon wasn't planning on spending every each and every minute traveling with this team. He's doing that now. <laughs> I mean, he has he has no other choice than to do what he said he was. You know, going to do a month ago is further evaluate this team. Well, I, I think the evaluation period has become more and more, you know, highlighted. Um, you know, along the way, what he chooses to do is anybody's guess. I mean, I, I, I think there's all sorts of different possibilities, and and I think, you know, when he averted that question about a month ago, are there any untouchables on your team? He chose not to answer that question. Well, you know what? There's no untouchables. Like. Call a spade a spade. I mean, everybody's fair game. I think, I think the one thing he's trying to do is man, maintain some form of damage control. That what you know possibly can happen with this particular group is things have gotten probably as bad as they ever have here. You yeah. know, at an earlier point in the year, and uh, I think the players are even at a at a point where they're looking around, waiting for something to happen. Like that. That's the worst case scenario right now. So. Um, you know, just for the sake of, uh, you know, to, to do something to, to at least show the players that, you know what, it, it's not acceptable. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to make a deal for the sake of making a deal. Um, if, if they've got to live through this and it continues to tank, you know, one thing that you can assure the players is uh, at the end of the year, uh, we're, you know, if we make changes or we decide to alter the course of the things, I mean, Oh, you guys will be the first to know, but uh, I, I think he's still going to maintain that there are still players that you don't want to get rid of your, yourself with. I mean, Morgan Riley will be here. And, and those are the players I think you have to invest in and, and make sure you manage uh, them. And, and, and in some ways, uh, I think just yeah, manage their, their emotions and their livelihood as, as best you can. I think that's Brendan's responsibility along with the coaching staff. Okay, so this is, this is what I want to bring up right now. So where we're at right now is like, now at least you know that it's broken. And this is actually a benefit to Brendan Shanahan right now. Looking forward, it just saved him. The team did him the greatest favor. Because now he's, he's, he said on January 9th, we're going to see what they're made out of. Now they've showed him what they're made out of. Now he can actually say, okay, great. Now how do we adapt to this? Now, we had three years ago, you had the, the, the Boston Bruins collapse. So okay. huge collapse. Uh, last year, you had the March collapse, where they went absolutely from playoff contention just to right out of playoff contention. This year, you've got another nine-game losing streak, however, now in January. But there's three consecutive years, Ozzy, that this this tragic collapse yeah. has... It's like the February or January thaw that we can now bank on in Canadian winters every single year. So there's an epidemic going on there. What is the deal right now why this is happening? And no one's seeing why this is happening and reverse engineering it what do you mean nobody's seeing why it's happened well the success leaves clues so does failure so this has happened three consecutive years yeah. is this a coincidence or is this an epidemic i think it's an epidemic well i don't know about an epidemic i think what's what's clearly has occurred now is you've given the same group of players you know four. it's happened four years so it's it's an incumbent upon those who are getting the big box no whammies yeah. That's your core group, and that's Dion Phil. You might as well throw Joffrey in there, JBR, Tyler Bozak. I mean, 
that's your core group of uh, of your players that have been been there and done it. Uh, you know, throw throw Gardner in there, Nazem Kadri. They've they've all been there and done it collectively as a group. And so, you know, my suggestion would be, I mean, if I could, if if I if there are a bunch of those players, I mean, I could live with Phil Kessel still staying here, providing that we've never seen what a top line centerman can do with them. You know. There's been chemistry with Tyler Bozak, and I don't know what's happened to Tyler Bozak. Like, you know, there, there's another, you know, disappointment that's occurred right now. He wears the A, and uh, it's not been happening, but, you know, there are things still to like about Tyler Bozak. Um, I'm definitely keeping JVR. He's still young enough that, again, he's one of those pieces that you need to add others. So can you procure any type of young player a young up-and-coming player that has some of those leadership qualities and skills. It's the only reason why they went out and got Robidaw and Roman Polak yeah. to hopefully supplement some of the leadership in here. But go all the way back when they snubbed the fans. Who did that? Whose decision was that? was Dion and Phils. Cody Francis was the only guy standing in center ice wanting to salute the fans, right? So he wasn't in part of that mix. And yet, you know, Cody Francis and some suggest, well, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, at least he's a breath of fresh air and he has some type of leadership. But, but again, leadership is something you can't find necessarily, but you might be able to get it in Mike Richards. Like, Mike Richards, for me, is a temporary solution, and maybe he could help groom some of the younger players uh, and teach them what it means to be a true consummate professional that's won. Yeah. Um, there's a reason why Phil and Dion were not part of the Bruins and the Flames moving forward. So... There you okay, go. we got uh, we got thirty seconds to go, but before we go, I need your predictions this week on what they're going to do against Nashville tonight. The Devils on it's Friday. An L, it's an L tonight. <laughs> they got L a tonight? possibility on Friday, Saturday. I made a bet with a buddy of mine today. I said six goals. I said six goals over and under the next three games. Lunch anywhere next week. Who's in? <laughs> Are you guys in? I'm under. Okay, I'm under too. I'm under that, but uh, so, so anyways, they, yeah. Let, let's hope it does change, just for the sake that they they get a couple of prediction. goals. But I need your prediction: Nashville Devils and Oilers. Uh, uh, three points. They get three points. Yeah, they'll, they'll get three points. How's that? I, I say two points. Five hundred. They've progressed to five hundred, but they're not getting a point tonight. Okay, so I say the I, I give them two points. Okay, so I'm being optimistic. So. Two ties. Todd. Yeah, I'm going with two or one. I'm not, I'm vacillating back and forth. I'll go with two. All right. So we're clearly not really optimistic about the Toronto Maple Leafs' chances in the next three games. But, Ozzy, we will see you again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And as always, uh, keep your head up. And I like steak, so. Okay, boys. I look forward to the lunch that you buy me next week. Uh, Chuck Thicks. McDonald's Happy Meal. All right. Stay tuned. More Chuck's World on the, uh, on the other side of this break. Quick. So, uh, so two points. 
I'm, I'm two taking two points. Yeah, two points. The next they're going to be donut tonight. Yeah, they're going to lose tonight. They're going to get a point against the Devils and maybe get a point against the Oilers at home on Saturday. Mm, sweet. That's where we're looking. All right, and we're buying him lunch next week, apparently. Yeah, sorry, Leafs Nations. Wish we could help you out with this, but this is going to be a good thing. I promise you we will blow this up, or they will blow this up, and we'll see what happens on the outside of the trade deadline. Start buying your McDavid jerseys right away. <laughs> good luck. Welcome. Uh, well, we'll catch you next week, next Tuesday, 8 p.m., Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. Catch Mr. Basti on the web at chuckbasti.com and also at Chuck Basti on Twitter, I believe is your handle. Sweet. Catch you next week. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his infinite world of mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radiothatdoesntsuck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.